2: Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. Every week we get together, Dad and I, and talk about his time as a cop. But because it's Christmas Day, we thought we'd do something special. We get on the mic and sort of just talk nonsense in the hopes that someone is actually... <laughs> I mean, who's listening to this show on Christmas Day, Dad?
1: Who? Paul, Paul, Paul. Yeah. Um, I'm... Just for the listeners, um, yeah. we, we're recording this fairly late because... um. I think you've had a pretty shitty day. It's been very complicated, um, yeah, with, with Tegan's broken hand and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. my commiserations... Commiser... Commiserations. Whatever, that's commiserations! It. They go to dear, to dearest Tegan and, mm. of course, you. Um, but, Paul, I would like to start um, by saying I've really enjoyed this year. Um, probably we'll get a... Well, we'll definitely get another one or two podcasts in where I'll actually talk about the preceding year Mm. um but can i just relate to you and the listeners an example of a story that has come from one of our listeners um and it's kind of surreal um there's a lovely girl called lauren murdoch she's actually a hatted chef in australia celebrity chef She's working on a property that is half a million acres. Can you believe that?
2: Seems a bit big. That's like a province, really. It's massive.
1: Mm. Half a million acres in the Northern Territory. And she um, told me a story and I said, look, Lauren, do you mind if I put it out there for our listeners? Mm. International. Mm. It's an internationally fascinating story in so far as it, it, it demonstrates something tremendous about this big country of ours, Australia. And um, on this particular property, they've got a major problem with wild boar and they use pig dogs to take down these wild animals that cause tremendous havoc on these massive properties. And they've got these two beautiful dogs and they have tracking devices on them. That's how big these properties are. And the dogs took down a wild boar, but the boar, the problem was that the boar was swimming, sort of to get away from the dogs, it swam out into this river close by to the property, or on the property. And the two guys that that were sort of running the show they were watching as their two beautiful highly trained dogs were swimming out trying to get this boar and one of the dogs latched onto the boar and then all of a sudden a massive crocodile appeared and took the dog so the other dog well what what they did they shot the wild boar so that the other dog would then just sort of swim back to shore which it did and that was yesterday and then today they got a signal from the tracking device and as we as we speak paul the trackers are out trying to locate the the tracking device that's probably um in the lair i'm not sure if that's the right word of the said crocodile i think that's pretty pretty amazing don't you uh, yeah. How is that a Christmas story? Well, it's happening around Christmas. Cause Christmas yeah, but
2: it's not a fucking Christmas story, is it? I mean, it, look, here's a Christmas story for you. I mean, look, Dad, I, uh, uh, it's been a really weird year, and what you did was tell me a story about a dog that was eaten, and they've maybe found its collar.
1: <laughs> no, but it's fascinating. I, I just yeah. wanted to sort of. Explain to the listeners what a, what a vast country, and, and there are lots of stories. Here's another little story. Christine and I, as as the listeners know, I have not been able to run on my favorite beach in Sydney, which is Queenscliff. I know everyone knows that. But because of the lockdown, I have not been able to soft sand run on Manly Beach. So I, I've, 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 <laughs> sort of, I've gone to the dark side. i you're not, you're not going to I
2: you. You're not going to say God bless you?
1: Oh, was that a sneeze? Yeah, what did you think it was? Well it sounded like someone being strangled in a bag. <laughs> it was quite surreal.
2: Yeah, but if someone's being strangled in the bag, surely as an ex cop you would express some concern. I would But you I you would. did nothing, you just rolled past. Hmm.
1: but I genuinely didn't know you'd sneeze, but Gesundheit. type. Alright. Or whatever they say. Okay. Um so Christian and I have been going to Bondi every morning. We leave here at six. And uh, running on the beach. And I must say that it's actually a really nice beach to to run on. The ocean is somewhat more treacherous, I think, than manly. But um, we went to the ute after our swim and run this morning. And we grabbed a quick coffee. And Christine was standing in this almost like a trance. And she called me over and she said, I just want you to stand here and look and listen. Which I did. And I didn't quite grasp the uh, situation and in the background was some uh, Christmas songs from the 1940s sort of Bing Crosby stuff being played fairly loudly from this coffee shop and that was slightly surreal but kind of Christmassy but then when you looked over to the left we saw a massive queue of cars waiting to be COVID tested so there was that sort of juxtaposition between the 1940s carols being sung from another era and this COVID cue. And I think that punctuates this year and and, and this Christmas. I think it's very, very, uh, very interesting and, and it's interesting to reflect. And I'm sure for all the listeners that I think I feel that 2021 is going to be a cracker of a year.
2: Yeah, I hope so. I mean... First of all, Dad and I are hoping to get on the road again. But secondly, Dad, I mean, that was that was kind of Christmassy. I mean, it, had Christmas, it was just a thing that happened with some Christmas music playing in the background. Whereas last episode, you teased the fact that you were going to talk about pedophile Santas. And I made fun of you and said, please don't do that. But now I'm sitting here going, you know what? At least that would have been on topic. But to that point, I was curious as to whether anyone had used a santa costume or a santa disguise to commit a crime and i did some digging and there's a criminal called bruce MacArthur, um and i'm just gonna read from the article bruce MacArthur was an outwardly jovial man with ample white hair and a beard the perfect person to be santa at toronto's agincourt mall until as recently as 2016 the 68 year old canadian was a landscaper popular with clients for turning their yards into lush gardens but the parents watching their gleeful children on his knee and the clients admiring their domain didn't know MacArthur was a necrophile, sexually attracted to the dead, and a serial killer. He was turning their gardens into graveyards. Between September 2010 and June 2017, MacArthur murdered eight men. Good God. There's a list here of his victims, um, but basically he was a department store Santa, and I'm looking at a photo of him, and he just looks like a friendly department store Santa. Until you see him in costume, at which point he looks sort of lecherous. I don't know, maybe I'm sort of projecting what I know about him. Um, But back in 2003, in his late 50s, he received a criminal conviction for assault of a man with an iron pipe. So I guess what I'm curious about is, at that point, they hired him after that, which means that surely they would have done a police check or a working with children check before letting him work with children as mm. Santa Claus but there's, he's literally
1: a serial killer mm. um, Paul dear, dear Paul I there are so many bad stories about Santa's out mm. there I I sort of started to do a little bit of minor investigating and I was shocked as to the most unbelievable stories there's, there's a very famous case in America of a, a store Santa who was um, jovial he looked apart. He was happy, mm. he was a caring type of guy until an elderly lady approaching 80 years of age um, took too many Hershey chocolates from a little display that he'd supplied and he became very upset with this lady. But in front of all the, the children, he then reached for a, uh, a large piece of timber mm-hmm. and he, uh, he beat it to death. Um, he killed her so you can imagine the trauma experienced by all these uh, by these onlookers there was another now it's funny when you you know how we, we talk about ufos for example which we probably haven't discussed a lot but one of the things that always makes me think about ufos is that why is it that most of these sightings are in america and and also it, Doing my research with uh, psycho Santas, most of them are in America now. I don't know whether that's a reflection on American society, but there was this guy dressed up as Santa Claus, and he actually thought he was Santa Claus. And he um, he had a big motorbike, a Harley Davidson, with a sidecar. Now, in the sidecar was a blow-up reindeer, and he pulls into a service station, and There's a family filling up um, their motor vehicle with petrol about to commence their vacation. And there was an eight-year-old girl who was a part of the family and she's just sort of standing there. And this guy in the Harley-Davidson, dressed up as Santa Claus, pulls up next to the eight-year-old and he grabs her. He shoves her in the sidecar with the blow-up Reindeer, and he pisses off. He kidnapped her in front of the parents. Psycho Santa. Unbelievable. And then also a nice little Christmas story, which is actually quite sweet. You know those nativity scenes at churches and in public places? Mm. Well, someone um, decided to take the baby Jesus, and uh, they... Reached in, and there were lots and lots of families there, all relaxing and chilling and having a wonderful time. And this lady reaches in, grabs the little baby Jesus, and she uh, runs away with it. Unbeknownst to her, and tying back to the dog story in a weird way, mm. they'd also put a GPS device on baby Jesus. Wh- why? In case anyone ever stole the little thing. But it's not, like, it's not, surely it's not. It had probably um, been happening in previous Christmases. So there's little baby Jesus, unbeknownst to everyone, with a tracking device. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they concealed it on the said baby Jesus. And this lady takes little little baby Jesus home, and she thinks she got away with it. And then there's a bit, a bit of a commotion. The police had actually tracked the uh, the, the, the little baby Jesus to her place. And they, they kicked the door in, and there they found uh, baby Jesus lying face down in a the manger? corner of the room. Not in a oh, manger. Right. She'd just taken it home and just shoved it in the corner. So, that's another little Christmas story. <laughs> Incredible, isn't
2: it? Did you come across any other kind of
1: terrible Christmas stories on your, on your travels? Um, yeah, look, I actually... Um, I've got a friend of mine um, that we call Professor McCoy... You know who I'm talking about? Uh, Shane. No, Shane. Is lovely. that a? Are you trying to make a Star Trek reference? Uh, no, his name is actually Shane McCoy. Oh damn, I thought you were trying. Okay. Yeah, but you know Shane, don't you? Uh, he's really sweet and lovely and kind. Shane's and great. He, yeah, Shane's he, great. He has a real bent towards uh, science. Mm-hmm. He loves electric cars. He talks about them. In fact, we have a bit of a thing going in the mornings when I when I used to be coughing at Manly, is that a whole group of us, every single morning prior to Shane arriving, we'd have a bet on how many seconds it would take once Shane had sat down to start talking about electric cars. And I think the longest he's ever gone without talking about electric cars is about 30 seconds. Big fan. Big fan, and he loves Elon Musk. He actually almost deifies him, which is kind of a Christmas theme as well.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: The problem is, Paul... That Elon yeah. Musk is an anti-vaxxer and a Trump supporter? Yeah. but But guess what? What? He believes firmly mm. that Santa Claus is a pedophile. And he's put it out there, so it's in the public domain, and I read it and read it and did my research and thought, this can't be real, but he's put it on his Twitter account... And he believes that Santa Claus is a pedophile. He said, why else would an old man sneak into children's bedrooms when they're asleep? And he believes that his motives are are, are terrible. So I think Elon Musk is a bit of a whack job. And um, yeah, that's pretty... Uh, Pretty yeah. scary. Yeah, okay. And then I, I did search long and hard because I did mention... Um, did I touch on bestiality at all? Oh, God, no. No, well, I didn't. And I the readers... The, Not the readers. <laughs> the readers <laughs> well, they are readers because they read your wonderful books. But the listeners are going to be incredibly sad because I couldn't find one reference. I did find a few cases of um, people sodomizing... Reindeer. Hang on, no one asked you to find stories about this. No, I just thought it would be kind of in the Christmas spirit. What? Um, but I couldn't find any with actual living reindeer, which is which is kind of cool. But there were a few cases of people um, simulating sex with blow up um, reindeer. Great. And that that might not sound super bad, but the problem is that they were blow up reindeer in. Um, department stores. I have a so, question, Dad. Did yes. you ever,
2: did you ever encounter any specifically kind of what was it like? Kind of, I'm trying to figure out what it was like for you as a cop at Christmas and what kind of stuff you encountered.
1: Um, well, a lot of shoplifting, which is really depressing, right? Because um, it was generally people that needed to shoplift, um, and some listeners will go, "Hang on a sec," but I'm talking people in genuine need to actually get out there and get some food. Mm. And uh, as the senior police officer, um, I always used a lot of discretion, um, particularly when there were, you know, big department stores, like chain stores, uh, you know, like Woolies and Coles, for example, that I felt mm-hmm. mm, you can probably absor- uh, sort of absorb the loss of one loaf of bread, okay? So uh, I would use my discretion uh, as best I could. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's um, but being away from the family for the shift workers tomorrow and all over the world, the doctors, the nurses, the ambos, the prison warders, any single person out there that is away from their family tomorrow, it's a bummer. Um, but you know, within these organisations, hopefully, I'm just trying to think of all the people working in hospitals in this climate. Um, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be. It'll be a tough Christmas, and there will be people in hospital tomorrow, um, nurses and doctors, that will be present when people are passing away tomorrow on Christmas Day, which is, I think, if, for any day in, in the year to pass away, I think um, it's fair to say that Christmas would be the shittiest day. Um, so that's, it's, it's tough, and... Uh, and, you know, all these people that are working out there in these jobs, um, the police, the fireys, the AMBOs, they're away from their family, they're protecting us, they're, they're doing such an incredible job. And um, and think about all, all the organisations over the world, around the world, that are feeding, you know, the, the poor and, and the homeless. And um, whilst I'm not a firm believer in... Like when Tegan broke her finger and I saw the x-rays and I I knew that it was re- it was very serious but I'm not going to get in touch with you and Tegan and go you know what that's really serious mm-hmm. but it's like one picture describes a thousand words and I'm not going to contact Tegan or you and go you know what she could have broken two fingers it's only one but you don't say that sort of thing so my point being that at christmas time there are people out there that are worse off than we are. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important to to acknowledge and be aware and be grateful for, for all the things. I mean, we were supposed to be sitting opposite each other.
2: I was going to say, yeah, this was meant to be a... Finally, after lockdown, this Christmas, we were meant to actually spend yeah. time together. And in the interim, over the past few days, we had, you know, the whole thing cancelled. Um, so... Yeah, we're we're spending Christmas in separate states again.
1: Yeah, again. And, you know, we haven't seen you and Tegan for almost a year. Yeah. Um, By the way, did Anne's parcel arrive? Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Anne's parcel arrived about an hour ago. Oh, that's so lovely. So for the listeners, um, Paul's sister, um, my daughter, our number one daughter, we call her because she's our only daughter. She's in Switzerland with her partner Tobias, and she went to great expense to send a parcel uh, from Switzerland, and she sent it to Melbourne, knowing that Christine and I, and and Paul and Tegan would be there in the morning to open this magnificent four and a half kilo mystery parcel of treats and treasures. Now we're not there, um, so and you know we've got all the presents um, packed. And when we first found out, because we had to cancel our airfares, our Airbnb, and it was, um, it was tough. Um, but we're really looking forward to, uh, you know, chatting with you all tomorrow in some visual sort of mode, Skype or something. Um, and then coming down in the next few weeks, hopefully.
2: Yeah, it's, it's been a bit tricky, but um, hopefully we can, you know, get back being normal it must be weird i mean i know a lot of our listeners are all over the world and everyone's kind of going through some variation of this so i guess the reason we i mean it's been a really intense couple of weeks it's been a particularly intense week and a really intense day um but we wanted to do something for you just so that there was something (laughs) we just wanted to check in with you on christmas and just go hey we're still here we hope you're doing well and we hope you're having a good christmas day i was going to get uh tegan on to talk about stuff and kind of you know make this a bit of a you know get some cameos basically because it's kind of a tradition now on loose units to have the clan get together and talk um but the fact is tegan is currently under very heavy anesthetic and she is you know she's post-op she literally had this operation done it's very invasive her Mm. hand's actually broken in four places so um Mm. it's a lot more extensive than she
1: thought um yeah
2: so she can't really come to the phone right now, so no, to speak. No. And mum's exhausted. So it's just yeah. dad and I hanging in there, kind of dis- sending dispatches from the front. So but it's to speak. wonderful, Paul. It's just, yeah.
1: it's so great to share. Um, and, and, and I haven't seen you in a year. A long time. But I'm yeah. not, I don't actually suffer any um, sort of feeling of sort of missing you or longing for you because we chat twice a week yeah and it feels okay. as though that you know we're, we're we're and we are we're very connected mm. and um and it's wonderful paul um so you and teagan you've moved into this wonderful new place that we were about to see and we'll see fairly soon mm-hmm. do you have any particular really really nice sort of small shops or like you know really nice cool places close to you in this new place what do you mean um like places like Good eatery places, like nice bars, and yeah. Why? Why do you ask? No, I'm just, I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking about the backbone of Australia. Yeah. Um, really, is small business and mm. small businesses. I mean, you're a small business, Paul. You're a writer.
2: Yeah, damn straight. And you know, there are lots of places local. Because uh, whenever I recommend people go to bookstores, I try and go, hey, please get in touch with your local store and see what they, you know, see what they have in stock. Try and support them because you know. Yeah, if you if the local businesses go away because of because of um COVID, then
1: the disease won, goddammit. Exactly, so- and I, I, mate, I'm 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 with you, and I just thought, like, it's very tempting as a consumer to go to the really really big department stores, and they do have their place, but where we live, um, there are just a few really really tiny small businesses, and some of them particularly there was a beautiful japanese restaurant nearby it's gone it is never coming back it's mm-hmm. going to be replaced by something that's very important which is a uh, veterinary sort of small hospital and that's really important but the japanese restaurant has gone and you know covid's been very very tough and i think i think as as from a community perspective i think it's really important to support your local small business and you know I went to a very very big chain of uh, bottle shops yesterday and I was hunting down something and then I just thought hang on and then I thought I can go to the local um, place that is and the, the knowledge from the staff is second to none and it's a particular bottle shop close by but one thing that I just I did a bit of research and you know that famous Australian artist Geoffrey Smart. Have you heard of him, Paul? Uh, Yes, I have. Well, he, back in the 1950s, he went into this particular bottle shop and he did two drawings on the back wall, two paintings. So he's actually made the the building virtually priceless. Oh, it's like a Banksy kind of thing. Yes. And, um, I mean, his paintings sell in the multiple, multiple millions. And this tiny little sort of bottle shop um, is just... It's got these two amazing Jeffrey Smarts. And then I found out just yesterday that one of the staff that um, works there is a sculptor of some renown, but being a sculptor, it's a tough gig. He hasn't sold one piece in the last year, Mm. and he bought both your books. Oh, that's lovely. And he kept them until I went in, and then I I did a little bit of a signing. And um, I think that's really, really, really lovely.
2: That's really nice. Well, I guess, I mean, the message, the message here is, you know, I mean, odds are it's, it's going to be Christmas by the time you hear this. So you've probably already bought your Christmas presents. But when you're buying... <laughs> oh, we should have done a buy local message well before Christmas. Um, But yeah, I guess over the coming months, try and help your little kind of ragtag local shops stay in business. Because I swear to God, what's going to happen if you don't? They're just going to get filled with cheap, shitty pop-up nail salons. Like you want... You want your local communities to stay uh, in business and just, you know, consider that your Christmas present to your local area. Just mm. shop local, goddammit. Anyway, dad, I think I have to go because I have to go and, you know, check on my wife because she's currently, you know, convalescing in the next room in a, in a, in a splint. But I guess it's worth reiterating we hope you're having an okay Christmas. We know it's a really weird year. Let's just all agree never to talk about 2020 again. Just put it in the rear view and let's all roar forwards down the highway towards 2021. I think it's going to be a great year. How about you, dad?
1: I think it's going to be bloody fantastic and um, yep. Merry Christmas and um, and thanks everyone. Thanks to all our wonderful listeners and friends and and everyone in the community that, that have stuck with us, and, um, and we love you dearly, and we look forward to, uh, to further wonderful podcasts. Yeah.
2: Merry Christmas, everyone, and we will see you next week, believe it or not, for more Loose Units. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.